I'm Charlie Taylor. I'm Ben Carter, and I really don't like Eminem. And I'm direct to the fifth element. <laughs> well, I highlight the fifth element of hip hop, uh, which is knowledge and also features Eminem in historical sense. You ain't heard this in a minute. Heard this in a minute, man. Wu Tang. Let's take it. I keep bringing those dudes for good trick bait. Oh, that that woo whole episode is going to be wild when we get to it in December 2028. <laughs> we we should just like we should just we should just do like a I say woo you say tang for like a minute. Yeah. And then just just let the music go over it. <laughs> There's so many. We should will just we, do... Will we loop it? Will we loop it? Will we, will we loop it? You, you won't know, guys. You, you won't know. know. We'll just do a yeah, whole episode know. of intros and then we'll do an actual episode because there's just so many iconic hooks and <laughs> uh, it's just like... That's going to be... Just read lyrics for now. <laughs> you know when you... You know when you like... I don't know if any there are any long distance runners out there, but like when you think, oh yeah, I'm going to run... Fun. I'm going to do a long run on a Sunday, like 30K... And then you like really excited and you're like, yeah, I could do that. I could smash it out. And then you get like 5Ks and you're like, oh man, I've got a long way to go. That's kind of how it's been feeling with this this book of woo. It's like, it's not in a bad way at all. I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying it, but it's... <laughs> that's, a, that's an amazing metaphor. I like that. That's yeah. good. That's, yeah. that's, that's great imagery. Yeah. Um, for, for, fortunately for me, uh, back in the day, mine was uh, you know strictly short distance. So uh, can't relate. Hi, Ben. How's your week been? What have you been listening to this week? Another great week. Great week. I have a fucking great weekend. First man. great week, to be honest, but that's me. Yeah. Yeah, well, first of the... I mean, the first the first eventful week. I always say great week versus eventful. Is it? Well, we'll see how it goes, isn't it? Okay. Okay. Well, I got into... It good for you, Ben? <laughs> I got into Capri Songs by FK Twigs. Um, oh, yeah, good. Yeah. This yeah. one threw me off. What was that saying? This one threw me off. Her last project, Magdalene, which was a deep dive into loss and hope. And she actually wrote this about her last album. I never thought heartbreak could be so all-encompassing. I never thought that my body could stop working to the point that I couldn't express myself physically in the ways that I've always loved and found so much solace. I've always practiced my way into being the best I could be, but I couldn't do that this time. I was left with no option but to tear every process down. But the process of making this album has allowed me for the first time and in the most real way to find compassion when I've been at my most ungraceful, confused, and fractured. I stopped judging myself and at that moment found hope in Magdalene. To her, I'm forever grateful. Now, that was Magdalene. That was her previous record, and I could go into that, but uh, it's it's very intense. Con- FKA Twigs albums are, are concept albums. They're deep. I think I even reviewed it on the podcast and just said, like, I need months Probably. to sit with this. Like, I need time. Capri Songs is different entirely. Firstly, it's a mixtape. It's a project designed to be literal mixed tape, not like the hip-hop mixtape, but a mixed tape of just stuff, you know, like a, a playlist of things. And hence the cassette sounds on on the record. And it threw me because I usually expect to hear 
as I say, concept albums from FKA Twigs that I feel really uh, unable to process. It's going to take me a long time to sit with it. And sometimes I, I don't even have the time and energy to sit with it. I, I forget and I just, you know, I, I get kind of, I feel locked out. But on this record, um, I think the triumphs here are the Afrobeat tracks where she just feels effortless and graceful. You know, she she soaks the beats in her ethereal surround sound vocals. It's fucking amazing. Unbelievable. The second half, is I felt stronger. It's a little darker. It's a little bit more passionate. It has a little bit more power and depth in the opening half. And the thing that I was writing last night when I was thinking about this record was... Um, it makes me think a little bit of dating, and I think that that's intentional considering the direction of her previous record. Like the start of this project makes me think of the process of a new relationship. You know, at the start, it's sex, it's excitement, but it's superficiality. It's like euphoria and joy, and you're kind of high on that whole thing and, and the mystery and the intrigue. And as the relationship progresses, it gets deeper and more intense, it gets more comfortable and safer. And it ultimately becomes a force for good in your life. And the final track, Thank You Song, is beautiful. Like, beautiful. I adore it. And I think this project progresses through these stages and it drags me in and drops me into this flow state. And, and that warmth flows through me when I listen to it. I've been listening to it a lot, like so much in the last two or three days, just putting it on back to back to back to back to back. And... Fuck man! At first, I was like, oh, "Okay, now, now we're getting mainstream FK twigs. Like we're getting, we're getting the, the the mainstream pop sound." But um, and I was like a bit, I was a bit put off by that because I was like, "I really like it when they're quite difficult concepts to pick up, and I really want to sit down with them." But the the concept just came to me randomly. I was like, "Oh shit, that makes sense now," and oh, I love it. I love it. Great project. Um, great project. Sick by Earl. I fucking love what Earl's done with his career. As part of Odd Future, he could have just pilfered superficial fans who just wanted a career of chums. He could have just done chum his whole career, like genuinely. And that's not a bad song at all. It's it's a great song. But instead of doing that, he can he deconstructed his entire aesthetic until it was unrecognizable on Feet of Clay. It's a project that's so difficult to inhabit, it's still perplexing people to this day. Some rap songs is the same. Everyone thought they were going to get like something insane from Earl on some rap songs, and he just gave them something so unapproachable, and I fucking love it. It's unbelievable. And Charlie and I have been at pains to tell people, Earl is a top five lyricist in the game right now. He might be top one. I'm thinking Lupe's on his level, but I don't know who else is rapping like this. And Sick, to me, feels like Earl beginning the rebuilding process, like pushing Melody back into his songs and seeking out slightly less obtrusive production. Like 2010 is him floating heavily over a looped-up synthris riff. Um, Titanic, that's 20 minutes of... If you put an extra 20 minutes of work into Titanic, you would have a drill beat, but they didn't do that. So you get... Like, it's close. That's what I'm trying to say. But he's do I feel like he's doing it intentionally. Fire in the hole. But that's a masterpiece right there, man. That's old school psych rock. Earl just barreling away on top. She, it's just, she ain't shining like she 14 karat gold. Rewiring, patching holes. It's no rewinding for the umpteenth time. It's only forward. 
Peace to Akai's soul, the soldier. I couldn't toast the drink to demise. I heard the clink. Life could change in the blink of an eye. I'm wrinkling time. I'm going to leave it to y'all to get hoodwinked and surprised. Do on some boots here. I'd rather be with you when I'm high. I went ahead and mixed some Beetlejuice with the wine. Skin contact, peeling her eyes, squeezed down. It's been a minute since I blew it. Oh, bro, I just can't go on forever. I'm going forever. Uh, the whole album is this level of lyricism, this level of depth. And Earl is beginning to rebuild. And I'm not really certain why he destroyed in the first place. Um, but I fucking respect him for it. I really do. Great project. Uh, and finally, Corday from a bird's eye view. Now, Corday was in a difficult spot on this record because his debut album did him well enough to earn a pretty solid budget, I would imagine, and plenty of goodwill in the industry. So all of a sudden, he has Hit Boy and Boy Wonder production at his disposal. Vinyls, Jake One, Raphael Sadiq. He has Gunner, Lil Wayne, Herb, Dirk. Stevie Wonder? Stevie Wonder? Okay, fuck, man. That's another, that's another level. Now, The Lost Boy was a conceptual victory, but not through design or intent, in my view. It was merely Corday expressing himself and running us as listeners through his mind and what he saw from behind his eyes. And this record is much grander in scope. You know, Corday has traveled the world in the past two years and... He's worked incredibly hard on himself and gaining perspective on his circumstance. And I think that's from a bird's eye view. It's that perspective of, of Corday. It's almost like he's levitating above himself and watching him. But then he flies down and inhabits it at the same time. It's, it's quite an interesting mix. And he says on here he thought the money would bring with it comfort and ease. But instead it's merely complicated his existence. Now the opening track produced by Kid Culture and Raphael Sadiq. Or the first track after the intro is... Bro, that's the kind of beat Roddy Rich should have had on his album. It's just lush and luxurious and expensive and it's incredible. And that sets the tone for, I wouldn't say like, it's it's slightly muted. It's a slightly muted uh, record in that sense. But like people criticize Corday for who they perceive him to be. And that's really unfair. That's not fair. You can't project who you think he is onto him and then criticize him for your projection. Don't, you can't do that. Calling him a cut price J. Cole or a lyrical, spherical miracle, <laughs> that's diminishing, man. That's not fair. That's not fair. You can't do that. And, like, I, I was going to read out some lyrics, but I, I don't have to. He's a fucking good lyricist. Go listen to his album, man. And, you know, it, it's deep. It's, it's not a carbon copy of anyone. It's not. And I think if I am going to criticize, when Sinister comes in, you know, I think Ooh. that um, it's a great song, right? And the beat is insane, right? And Hit Boy murdered that. Little Wayne gives, gives a 12 or a 10 or whatever, a 14. And, you know, I feel by this stage of the record, Corday was running slightly thin on content. And then Lil Wayne comes in and cleans the whole thing up. And that's the Dave East effect that we've talked about. The guest who only needs mm. 16 will likely wash the lead who has given us a whole album. And I don't think it's fair to judge Corday based on the fact that Lil Wayne probably rinsed on that song. But I think Corday needs to work a touch harder on his presence, on being the thing that you want to hear on that song. If you see a court, like, you know, I know, I know Charlie doesn't like Lil Wayne, but like when I see Lil Wayne on a, on a feature, I want to hear what he has to say. <laughs> It's the same, yeah. It's like, what do you mean? I, I. It's like me with Eminem. What are you talking about? What are you, what, what are you trying to say? Where, where are you getting this from? I'm not sure. Um, 
But like, you know what I mean? Like I see him on the feature list and I'm like, I want to know what he has to say. I see chord A and I'm, I am curious, but I'm not going to dive for that song and be like, you know, let's see what the, the, the bar that's going to stick with me is. So I think he can rap. His content is brilliant. He's capable of creating and executing a great concept. He just has to take it over the top now. He's just got to take it to the next level. And I don't know what that is, but I definitely think he's capable. And um, this is worth your time. I really do think it is worth your time. So that was me, Charlie. What about yourself? All right. Uh, so I got into a lot of projects. Uh, eight, actually, in fact. Um, well, one from one from last year, but I wanted to highlight. Um, that I just caught recently and i found it fascinating but firstly uh the mussolini and uh ninth wonder the don and i spelled e-y-e um so this is the first time i've ever heard the mussolini right and obviously ninth wonder's the goat so you know when you know what's up on that front um so i didn't really like know what to come into this with right didn't have anything you know just um yeah didn't have anything towards it i was just like okay I know Ninth One is going to hit the beats. I, I just don't know what's going to happen after that. Um, so, you know, it's on that front, it's fine, right? I haven't listened uh, again. I haven't listened to Mussolini before, right? Um, he has a few projects uh, in the past few years, and I'm pretty sure past t- before 2018 as well. Um, great, great artwork. I really enjoy his artwork um, across his uh, across his stuff, uh, especially Return of the Aura. It looks <laughs> it just looks really g. Um, but yeah, I, I just feel like he, he reminds me of currency in some way where it's like a really chip, really, really like relaxed tone and really relaxed flow. But in this case, I feel like it's just too relaxed where I kind of just, I kind of, I, I, I kind of glazed over, um, in terms of just like listening to the lyrics and the lyrical content. I kind of just like, and maybe, maybe this is ninth wonder bias from me. Maybe right. Where I was just like, this beats heat and I kind of just let everything else wash. Um, but regardless of that, I'll just say that I feel like his chilled flow and very calm demeanor kind of, um, kind of took it, kind of took his side of the game, a uh, side of the uh, album out for me personally. With that said, decent features, Plant Asia, 38 Spesh, uh, King Draft and Swank on Sincerely, was really good. Um, but yeah, it's, 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 it's great. It's, um, it's 50% great. <laughs> and like, uh, you know, I guess that's something. Um and uh yeah, you know, but it's it's definitely worth a listen, I think. Um, you know, I think it's good good for the background as well. Um Abstract Mind State, Dream Still Inspire. So this is a fascinating just overall storyline of who these people are, right? So um EP uh the Hellcat and Old School Ice Gray Grey uh is spelled G R E, so I'm assuming Grey. Um so this is a male female duo, rap duo. I've and I don't I I'm struggling to think apart from the one time Damani and Cozy and Il Camille uh record from a few years ago that I really loved. I can't think of another one. What about Jay Z um, and Beyonce spitting bars on ape shit? Yeah, alright, well I guess if you wanna go if you wanna do that. Like I don't know if these guys are married or anything, but sure. Um yeah, so these guys, these guys have a fascinating storyline, a fascinating biography. So it says um, they do abstract mind state back together thirteen years after they split, after Virgo inducing burst success and in frustration after creating a masterpiece album only for see it shelved, after falling out of touch and finding success in other field, and they will tell you two words, Kanye West, right? So it's very, it's it just it's very fascinating from a background perspective. Um, so I'm assuming these guys are Chicago, uh, 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 origin, 
Um, well, formed in Mississippi at the turn of the millennium. There you go. Right. Old school. Uh, old school from Chicago Southside. There you go. An EP of Westsider. Right. There you go. Um, but yeah, the album itself is very fascinating. It's um, it's really solid. I really enjoy it. Um, there is a there is random mentions of uh, Yeezy season. Uh, with, uh, yeah, Yeezy season, and I was just like, okay, sure. Um, so yeah, th- there's some affiliation with Kanye on this. Um, I didn't look too deep past that, but oh, Yeezy sound, that's it. I'm stupid, right? Yeezy sound, Yeezy sound, YZY sound. So does he have another label? I guess, I, I guess so. Um, but yeah, past that, it's it's very good. It's very good. Like, um, they both just they're both really top tier. Um, they go, they go off each other very nicely, and uh, yeah, it's just a really solid album from last year that I uh, didn't I wanted to get onto. Uh, Co the friend lyrics to go volume three. Um, this is very dense. Um, for for eighteen minute, eighteen ish minute EP is extremely dense. Um, so you know, for those that don't know, on the background front, um, because it requires a lot of background, obviously, um. You know, Code of Friend last around last year, around this time last year, was kind of mired in some like a, you know, basically hearsay, right? Not it's none of it's official. Um, that uh, some uh, that a woman basically was saying that he uh, abused her, stuff like that, and he basically says the same similar stuff. Um, uh, he, he just go listen to Bitter, right? Um, but it doesn't stop there. But that's a great place to start. But the whole EP kind of is just basically predicated on whether you believe him or not yeah what's and i'm curious a, about again, this man i'm so curious about this because like I've, honestly bro i've been keeping him off yeah. new release things i don't i don't know yeah what's going on with this yeah it's all hearsay bro i you you have to i you have to decide for yourself on that front because <sighs> you know he comes through with you know he, he comes through the whole ep kind of just um not going at her right he, he kind of puts the stake in it on bitter but past that, there's, you know, mentions of like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm ditching people, getting better people. You know, I'm growing. I'm still toxic, but I'm growing. For Trouble Boys is kind of a really fascinating track to listen to um, where, you know, he, he's kind of really just talking to a certain type of kid. And uh, that's really deep. Um, you know, dear fear on the face of that, you know, you just uh, but it, it, until you get to Boy in Cherry Beach, it kind of d- doesn't lighten up, to be honest. Um, so yeah, the whole EP is really predicated on whether you believe him or not. And, uh, you know, I think that's just gonna, you have to leave that to public record now. It's, it's in the court of public opinion, um, to be being honest with you. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm still on the fence to be honest. I, and I'll, co- I'll probably will forever be on the fence cause I, I don't like to, you know, I, I don't like to just, oh, he, he did a record about it. So he, mu- he must be real. You know what I mean? It's just, it's not, that's not how shit works for me. Um, so yeah, if he keeps mentioning it in records or just mentioning or leanings towards that kind of content, then I'll probably just be a bit like, okay, but you know, it's hearsay. So I don't know whether I can believe you or not. Um, so yeah, um, up to you on that front, um, on, on your, on your question. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, uh, continuing on, uh, Planet of, uh, Lil Black Kids, Georgia Al Muldrow and Keith Rice, uh, Planet of the Blues part one. It's a little EP. Uh, 13 minutes, four tracks. Um, you know, very fascinating. Just a four pack right here. Um, the cu- first couple of tracks, the first two tracks are very rocky, um, and it mellows out on Friday in church. Uh, but yeah, it's really, really interesting. Really interesting EP. I, I like the, I like where they're going with that uh, creatively. I'd like to love to get more on that front uh, since the part one. I'm, 
hoping for another part two on there. I want to, I want to get some, I want to get, I want to get some more on that. I was like, oh, okay, this is cool, but I want to, I want to, get some more on it. Uh, Nick Grant, welcome to Loveland. Um, I've actually been kind of Loki into Nick Grant without even thinking about Nick Grant, if that makes any sense. Um, I haven't listened to any of his records until now, but I've always been, I've always been interested in his stuff. I loved his work on uh, a room full of mirrors. I felt like he was kind of the MVP on that, on that EP. Um, so, and I've heard him on, you know, Terrace Martin stuff. I remember like he was on one track with Royster Five Nine a couple of years of, on one of Royce's mixtapes, and he really, I love that track, Still Waiting, I think it's called, Banger. Uh, it's got Elzai on that as well. Um, but yeah, this is kind of, um, you know, very West Coast, very, um, you know, yeah, very West Coast sound. I love it. I love that West Coast sound, very classic. Um, and, uh, you know, as you can imagine from Welcome to Loveland and by the, you know, the, the, uh, the 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 titles love and other drugs cupid is a woman stuff like that um it's very love uh in the relationships oriented but it's you know it's, it's got a very funky tone to it and i really like that so shout out to nick Grant on that front uh dig that pain built i find drill interesting right because uh, it, it's it's kind of predicated on their storyline and i feel like because this is i think this is his first project um you know, oh no, it's not his first project. No, it's not his. It's not his first. Um, he, he had an album in twenty twenty. Um, but yeah, I think he's had a jail stint, and I think that's kind of where the hype towards this album. Uh, is it now? Yeah, well, ten tracks, twenty six minutes. So, I mean, e, take what you will. Um, but yeah, I don't want to have that argument. Uh, but yeah, it's weird how you know storylines outside of the artist really is really predicated on whether people actually like want to peep this people drill artist. It's it, it really happens. It's really overt in drill um and since he had a, like a jail stint and i guess other stuff has happened i don't keep up on that kind of front um a lot of hype was to this uh, particular project and you know solid this uh, you know it's a it's a drill album i'm not a drill expert on any by any means um but he does have really good flows solid lyrics throughout um yeah it's just some really good stuff on there and uh, you know and obviously all the the usual uh uh voice um switch ups when he you know mentions something but you know you can't mention that because you know feds are what listening and stuff like that um so yes yeah, it's, it's a it's a really good uh drill album as drill albums go uh else watch sick um uh, I won't say much. Um, I kind of echo Ben's sentiments. I want El Sweatshirt to make a lyric book of all his lyrics so it can be copped and put on a coffee table in the fu- in my future place. Um, all I will say is that it doesn't have East and that's immediately a W. Uh, continued on with Lastly Corday uh, from our Bird's Eye View. And uh, I'll try and keep this one short. I personally cannot link to Corday uh and i i'm trying i've tried right i try but as soon as the track ends i it immediately just gets deleted from my mind like apart from the sinister beat i don't remember anything from the album maybe that's me maybe that's corday i'm not sure right i'm gonna stay on the fence on that front um but for me it's just I just can't get into it. I just can't get into it. Like, it sounds good, right? And he's rapping good, right? And I'm, I'm, I'm here for it. I'm in the moment. I'm fine with it. But as soon as the album ends, as soon as the track ends, I'm just like, okay, what's the next thing I'm going to do today? Like, I don't, I, don't, I don't stop and think, like, damn, what did I just listen to? Whoa, you know what I mean? I'm not, not contemplating life or anything. And I don't need to, you know, I don't, I don't seek that from Corday, right? Um, I'm not trying to put that on him, but... I don't know, man. I, f- I feel there's a bit of hype there where, you know, people are putting this kind of thing on him and I'm kind of, I might be leaning into it. That may be a 
maybe colouring my my thoughts towards Corday overall. Um, you know, he's signed to Atlantic and yet he only has like a million more listeners than YBM Namir. And I, I I don't hear anybody talk about YBN Namir. Um, but everyone talks about Corday. So I don't know. I feel like there's a bit of overhype. Um uh, that's Got just that me that's my push, personal bro. opinion. Huh? Got that label. Uh, there is a yeah. The label push is heavy, you know, and Christian Lost Boy got the Grammy nomination, which I, you know, well, you know, Grammys. Um, I, I just, I, I just, I just think there's a bit. I just think there's, you know, a lot of uh, label pushing there, and I'm just like, I don't think it's warranted. So I'm just gonna be real with you. Like, yes, he's fine. He's cool. He's good. You know, I saw that freestyle he did. I think it was LA Leakers. Um, but you know, uh, uh, he's got the chops. But I just can't. I just can't like. I can't tune in. I, I don't know what I'm listening for, um, to be honest. So, anyway, let's get into um, chapter three of the Book of Wu, and uh, we are getting into Mr. Lamont Hawkins, aka You God. Um, so I'm gonna go straight off the bat and say uh, I really like You God's voice in the same way I like someone of the uh, like the ilk of a uh, like the ilk of Exhibit. I love listening to Exhibit just because his voice is just such a G voice. I love his voice. He's, <laughs> Fuck, he's got such a boss voice. That's throwback shit, man. Fucking shout Exhibit, out to Exhibit. I, I can't, bro, you, uh, bro, 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 I can't wait to do an Exhibit retrospective. <laughs> like, which is what you get now. Like, I, I love, I love these of Exhibit. And Pit My Ride is the... Goated. Is, is one of the Is one of the greatest TV shows made ever. Um, I cannot wait to just like randomly do a YouTube series where I watch every episode and just and and just laugh at it because it's just out. It's just so two thousands. It's fucking beautiful. It's it's weird but it's beautiful. And if you guys haven't seen it, just just see it. And iconic intro music. But anyway, it's not an exhibit retrospective yet. So we're doing a you god and uh, yeah. Going back to that, I really like you god's voice. I that's that's something I kind of that's one of the things i guess i've learned overall has been with as we've been going through this you know wu-tang journey um you know a lot of sometimes previously when i've listened to wu-tang as a whole um sometimes i can't not can't discern but you know i'm not a geek when it comes to wu-tang so sometimes the you know when when it's like several people on it i'm just like um um I need to look up who's who's doing the verses. Um, sometimes, uh, and you got sometimes sips into that. But now that I've listened to some solo, you got. I feel like uh, I feel like I'm gonna be much better on that front. So that's that's all well and good. So without further ado, Ben, what have you got for us today on? Song? Yeah, you've got. Lore. It's gonna be interesting. It's gonna be a very interesting episode. Uh, and I say that. Listen, man. If you don't like you got or you don't know anything about you got, I would say listen to this episode because it's gonna be interesting. I always, I'm very fucking good at what I do. This and is a quintessential DITD episode because I, if it wasn't for this podcast, I would have not listened to any of these albums. <laughs> same, same. So I want to read how you got, you got it. Sorry, opened his book. Uh, he wrote, "Time is a motherfucker. Time reveals shit." It wears things down, it breaks things, it crushes things, kills things, reveals truth. There's nothing greater than Father Time. If you have patience, time will be on your side. And if you recognize how valuable time is, and if you know the right time to make your move, you'll be a bad motherfucker. Now, across every Wu-Tang release, You God provides just 6.9% of the lyrics. 6.9%. Only ODB and Master Killer from the original lineup are below him. 
That's a that's a fucking hip hop numbers that man. Fuck, I'm good at what I do. Uh, the New Yorker posted up an article in 2018 from Hua Hu Hua Xu, Sorry, uh, he was claiming that he's the least loved member of the entire collective. Now uh, we're going to talk about that, but his early years are quite tragic. You got he was raised by his single mum, and later in life he'd find out that the father he never knew had actually raped his mother. He said one of his earliest ever memories is hearing Loving You by Minnie Ripperton playing and when he followed the sound, he saw a woman jump to her death from the building next to his and he said this, I was a toddler and already I'd seen death up close. The sound of her hitting the concrete steps will resonate with me forever. Bro, come on. This is like, he, he was still a toddler when that happened. You know, it's just, or he was not a toddler, but he was young. He was so young and... It's just, it's like his early story is so difficult. It's so tough to hear. Um, you God's mother was born and raised in the same project building as Raekwon's mother. And he said in his book that the Brownsville projects were the wildest, that you couldn't even walk through Brownsville because of the violence at times. And he wrote in his book, he called his book Raw. He said, for the first 12 years of my life, it was just me and my mom. We were always close she was she raised me from a boy into the respectable man I am now. Now his mother moved them both to Staten Island in the hopes of a calmer existence, but Ugod became embroiled in the same kind of activities from Brownsville, and he told of a time when his mom found fifty thousand dollars and two kilos of cocaine in their house when Ugod was seventeen, and she kicked him out of the house. Now luckily Ugod had already made some very solid friends. He said he grew up in the same neighborhood as Raekwon, Inspector Deck, Meth, and Cappadonna in Park Hill Projects. He said he met Ghostface at high school and RZA when he came down to Stapleton, which you got explains in his documentary was because he was welcomed in every neighborhood. And in a RZA interview at the Georgia A3C Festival, he said that Stapleton and Park Hill hated each other. So it is quite an achievement that they connected the way they did, that you God was from... Park Hill and, and Rizza was from Stapleton. Now Rizza was a DJ at the time when they met, and as Rizza gravitated more towards music, Ugod began to follow. He wrote in his book that he would beatbox for Cappadonna and Raekwon when they were battling people, and respected Rizza deeply because he was such a music nerd. Now Rizza moved into an apartment uh, in the city, and Ugod said that it was his refuge from the hustling side of his life, the guns, the violence, the paranoia, and music was his place to escape. And Riz's apartment was the, the setting for the beginning of their collaborations and the beginning of Wu-Tang. Now, Ugod said that he had routines with Cappadonna, Raekwon, Meth. They'd all enter each other's orbits at different times and places in their story. There's a brilliant scene in the documentary that Ugod did in 04, where Ugod takes a camera to the actual hallway he was beatboxing in. And he goes up against the corner and starts spitting a beat. It's wild. It's fucking wild. Like, he's just in the corner... And his voice and his, it's just reverberating through the whole hallway. It's, it's very fucking intense. And You God and Method Man were incredibly close. There's a story in You God's book where he details uh, when his mum came home and he went into, uh, sorry, the, the story I told earlier where his mum came home and found that stuff in, in their house and kicked him out. He moved in with Meth. He moved in with Method Man. And um, you guys said it was eight years of, of grinding and beatboxing in hallways and having run-ins with death before Wu-Tang started to make headway. And they used to hole up in Riz's crib in Stapleton and record their demos, slowly progressing their sound. And you guys' experiences were almost terminal for him in his music career. The reason he's barely on their debut album is because he was in prison after getting into it with a rival dealer. And uh, the, the writer from The New Yorker wrote, 
Hawkins got in, got out in time to contribute a few verses, but he lacked the sharpness and focus. The first time I grabbed the mic at a show after coming home, I got booed, he remembers. I wasn't really ready. I had the heart to try, though. And now the, the, the writer writes, he quickly accepted his role as the versatile, hardworking utility player that every championship team needs. He also repeatedly violated his parole and ended up back behind bars during key mans of their initial rise. He kept working on his rhyme skills, appearing on solo albums by other members of the Wu, and waiting for the time it would be his turn. Behind the scenes, he dealt with tantrums and mediated other people's beefs, and he did all the radio promotions and random magazine interviews that nobody else wanted to do. And the, the writer writes, one of these interviews was with me for a skateboarding magazine that no longer exists. Now, Ugod's early story is immortalized in his book, Raw, and it's wonderfully written and incredibly expressive. Um, I'll speak more on his transition into music, and if you want to know more about his early life, then that, that's the book for you. There's a lot on, a, on Google. If you Google it, uh, Google Books has some good samples on it. Um, but he said that he and Method Man used to treat the street corner like a stage and perform for everyone around them. And he wrote this, We had to keep that secret because motherfuckers treated you weird. Even when I was in high school, people would be like, What are you doing? Writing rhymes? You ain't EPMD. You ain't Big Daddy Kane, man. I bet you they're sitting there like, oh shit now. Method Man was really serious about it. He had entire songs, verses, and choruses in place. Out of all of us, Meth and ODB were more serious about rapping and entertaining. Their dedication to their respective crafts was very real. Now, rap was a way out of the craziness for everyone in Wu-Tang. Ugod wrote that they all wanted to be stars, to be rappers, to be rich, and to get out of the situations they were all finding themselves in. And when we get to the Wu Collective episode, I will talk about all those different situations because they were all, you know, it's, it's fascinating, it's so fascinating this collective could come together and, and actually create and, and be a group together. Um, now, there's a great section. It's either in the Vlad interview or the Breakfast Club interview. I forget which one it was. I, I didn't have time to go back and check. But you God was explaining the way he was making quite good money outside. It must have been the Breakfast Club because I, um, I think it was Charlemagne who said it. And uh, it was Charlemagne asked him why, I think it was anyway, why he'd leave the game if he was making so much money. And you God just said it was awful. The people, the experiences, the death, the violence, and he hated it. And that New Yorker article called you God the least loved member of Wu-Tang Clan. But bro, what a collective to be the least loved member of. Jeez, man, it's like, <laughs> I'll take that, fine. But even though you guys struggled with his freedom through much of the 90s, he was still there. He showed up, he performed, he had a solo song on Wu-Tang Forever called Black Shampoo. Um, Vlad said that that was the only solo song on the album. It isn't. Uh, the city has inspected deck only. Um, Wu-Tang Forever intro is basically all RZA. But you guys said the whole album was a sausage fest, so he needed to bring a song for the ladies. Oh, gosh. We're going to get into that when we talk about his music. Um and this is the thing, man. You God has always been seen as incredibly down to earth, very humble, very authentic. In his interviews, he tells you exactly like it is. He can't hide his emotions; like this doesn't hide them. The Vlad interview is a fascinating study. It's a fascinating study in a lot of things, but something I got from that was how to interview when everyone fucking hates you, because You God is openly against Vlad at the start, genuinely like combative towards him. Uh, there's one point where um, Vlad says, uh, so around this time you're hustling and you God just says, are you asking me or are you telling me? And it's just like, fuck me, I, I love that <laughs> section so much. But Vlad actually wins him over. 
Vlad wins him over in this fucking interview, and he gets him reminiscing, he gets him laughing, hits him with deep cuts that you got had forgotten about, he gets him into his element, and it was masterful, 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 whole other episode, I'm not like, you know, I can see the, I can see the value in things, even if I don't like the person that that came from, I can totally see that, um, but yeah, man, it's, you God was was endearing, you know, even if you don't agree with what he says and how he says it, he's endearing because he's himself. And, you know, we talk about the MTV Cribs episode with the Wu-Tang Clan. Riz's rooms are decked out in all white, stunning, huge jacuzzi, massive bathroom with a fucking phone and three TVs in it. Ghostface has got like the party section, color-coded, people everywhere. Buster Rhymes just sitting on the couch, spitting bars. And you got Raekwon's section with the high ceilings, a grand piano, beautiful light. He's got his own weight room. And then you got You God. It's this small, pretty cluttered bedroom, tiny closet with some expensive clothes in it, an autographed picture of Little Richard on a small table next to a supersized bag of peanut M&Ms. There's no way peanut M&Ms were going to be just hanging around in Riz's immaculate wing of the house. And then you go outside and You God's outside pointing at the elaborate living quarters of everyone around him. And it's not even about him and his wealth. It's just not about him and his wealth. And he said in his book, almost every morning on the patio before going into the studio, I would remind myself to really be present and be in the moment so I can really appreciate everything. And, you know, if we ask who you God is, and I'm, I'm doing, I'm, I'm saying a lot here because um, I just, I, I'm not going to talk heaps about the music because the music isn't, isn't my favorite part of this story, but I'm saying a lot because this, I love this part. I do like this part about you God is in raw. He said he counts his blessings every day. He's still alive on a basic level, but you God is way more than someone who's just thankful for his lot in life. He's someone who struggled under grave conditions. His son was two years old when he was used as a human shield in a shootout, suffering permanent damage to his kidneys and his hands. And when that happened, New God said only Method Man was supportive and other members actually flaunted their wealth and status on him even more. And when Vlad asked him very pointed and loaded questions about ODB, notably an interview ODB's son did about the night ODB passed, New God just says dismissively, I will never speak on that. And if he, he said if he could have, he would have chained ODB down and forced him to go to rehab. But he says you can't force a man to do something they don't want to do. And the people ODB had in his ear were contributing to his addiction. And it, you, could, you could sense his pain in that. He, he's not happy. He's not happy at all. He's, it, it hurts him to talk about it. He's very prickly and upset when it comes to his solo career and what he perceived as a lack of support from RZA. So that is a great way to get into it because... His solo career is something else, man. Like, yeah. First album, <laughs> Golden Arms Redemption, 1999. So, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm glad Ben's not too into the music because I am. I'm into it. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody has to. <laughs> um, so, on a quick side note, I find it interesting that uh, that uh, uh, you God has a uh, minor beef. Um uh, in an overall sense, uh, to Rosa not again with support, because bro, I can imagine Rosa just constantly being like hounded by the squad and just going like, yo, 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 I need the beat for my album. Yeah, I need the beat for my album. I need the beat for my album. I'm just like, bro, I'm only one person. Like, imagine this is gonna be. Like, such I, can't, a I can't. I can't good imagine being. I can't imagine being oh. Rosa. Like, I, I genuinely can't. Like that dude just constant. Like, bro, just I, I don't want to make this a Rosa episode, but like the fact that he just like you know. 
it's like the heart of this group. It's just fucking mad to think about. Um, so yeah, you know, I said before, I I really enjoy um, you God's voice. Like listening to is it's kind of the only reason the albums kind of just like they they don't immediately make immediately make you want to shut it off. Not to not to say these albums are very worth shutting off. Um, Golden Age Redemption, which as a, another quick side note, I I I had to look up the RZA film because uh, he he had a film called Man with the Iron Fists. And I thought for, at first it was Man with the Golden Arms, and I was just like, "Did he steal this from you, God?" And then I realised that it was the Iron Fist. If you haven't seen that film, um, think Tarantino um, uh, mixed with Michael Bay. Like it's just it's it's <laughs> like it's just like sup- supremely uh, audacious um, and uh, just outrageous, and uh, uh, it's very fun. It's kind of funny in some ways, but. Um, Anyway, <clears throat> yeah, Golden Arms Redemption. Um, it's okay. Um, it's fine. I, 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 just, I, I feel like when I when I was listening to this, I think the main thing I came out of it was like, for one thing, too long. Um, one hour, a solid hour, is a no for me. Um, and and you know he's he he makes I, I don't know if he makes a point right to say that Resident support him enough because there's only through three Rosa beats on here. Um, and I. I don't want to don't want to like say outright, but I kind of felt that uh, he had a lot more input when it came to like you know Jizz's uh, records and stuff like that. Well, so, that's actually can, you make can... a you make a good point. I t- sorry to cut you, but he has spoken Go repeatedly in in interviews about how at the time Master Killer, Inspector Deck, and you God were in a separate category to ODB, Method mm. Man, Raekwon, Ghostface, where. They, they I mean, were the, I mean, the market said so, bro. The market but said so. But I mean, so. we didn't get an album until '99 from You God, and we didn't get much Rizza on sure. it. Like that's you know, sure. he he wasn't given the maybe not given the opportunity. But anyway, yeah, he he certainly feels like he was uh, pushed to the side. I mean, but yeah, on the same side, right? The the thing, the notable, uh, the notable business side, the business, the no, most notable business decision I feel like, and the uh, in in maybe. In, Hip hop history. I don't know how this even, excuse me, worked, but like the fact that they were all allowed to just get their own separate deals, like solo. Um, you know, if it, it could have easily just been like, oh, I want him and him, but um, you know, and the, but they were able to do it individually. Um, so you know, in this one, he was on Fire Priority Records. Um, so you know, could have. The, the, it's not did he get support from them like that could that's a notable thing to say obviously there's Wu-Tang records on the side of this as well so you know sure um but yeah again three RZA beats um and and apparently writing credit on the uh one 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 two three again three tracks funny enough there you go um so yeah I, I get it um, I do like Glide. Um, that's a really good track, uh, produced by Inspector Deck, actually. Shout out to him. Um, Rumble, God, that, Jesus Christ, that, that, um, that, uh, <laughs> uh, 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 that hook is just, I don't know why it's so singed into my head, but it's just like, Rage Rock. <laughs> It reminds me of a Helter Skelter song that was on, like, the, that was on Need for Speed Most Wanted soundtrack. I don't know why. <laughs> It just reminds me of that. It's so it's kind of hilarious. So I, just, yeah, I don't know why I remember that, but yes, it's very, it's very rage, rock, roll, fight, brawl, 
Fall Rumble. And I felt like a lot. There was a lot of those hooks on here where I was just like, "Are you trying to make this hot?" Like, because I can imagine rating that live, right? <laughs> if he was doing that live, that would be kind of, you know, just to just to like, you know, throw the throw the fist up and go rage, rock. Like I could see it, but I don't know. It came off a bit, uh, came off eh for me on on that front. But you know, overall, like uh, it kind of it kind of went. It kind of just slogged for me. Like every track is practically f- over four minutes uh, on average. Um, uh, yeah, I just felt like uh, most of them were just a little bit too long. I didn't mind the beats. I feel uh, they were okay. Um, you do have, uh, you know, aforementioned Inspector Deck, uh, Bing on Bizarre, um, and then a lot of dudes that I may or may not have heard of. Um, so yeah, it's okay. Right, it's it's fine. It's not, it's 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 it's, it's yeah. It, and it, honestly, it kind of just sets the tone for the entire discography. I feel <laughs> where it's just like a lot, a lot of this is just like it's cool, but I don't, I don't really feel like it's like a must listen. You need to listen to Golden Arms Redemption, guys. So, you know what I mean? It's just it's it's not really like that. So I don't know. yeah, it's not a it's not a it's not a must listen in the. Uh... In the, the Wu Tang lexicon, no, and I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. I don't want to. I don't wanna, like compare this to like Liquid Sword or anything, right? But you know, it is what it is. Uh, it's, it, you can't help but do when you're doing a whole book of this and the chapters and stuff like that. You know, I'm gonna. We, we'll probably do that sometimes. So you know, it's, it yeah. is what it is. I mean, look, man, we got a you got. Are we sorry, we got an ODB solo album in '95 and a you got solo album in '99. And Jesus Christ, that's RZA, man. It's RZA. It took it's, so long. Though. It's a RZA thing, and that's why I want to save the backlog. Until, <laughs> I want to save RZA till last because he's he's the the uh, he's everything. He's so much to RZA. That's gonna be a two parter, surely. But like. You know, that, <laughs> you God said this is why it took so long for his solo career to kick off. He said RZA was, you know, he had the side groups and the side hustles and the Wu-Tang Killer Bees and there was no time for for these three, You God, Master Killer and Inspector Deck. And this chart of 58 on the Billboard 200, his only charting album, his only album on a major label. Wow. And it was really only on a major label because Priority was owned by EMI at this stage. EMI bought them out fully in 98 and then I think they sold them a couple mm. of years later or... They went back to being independent, but they were basically an independent label who had just been bought out by EMI. RZA, as you say, produced three tracks. We get a Bink song on here. A Bink song? That's amazing. Um, Boom Bap Reviews did a retrospective on this, and they wrote this. Um, and I'm curious about this. They wrote this. Like, this is just someone who just did a review. Boom Bap Reviews? Is, yeah, Boom Bap Reviews. Just did a review. The stories surrounding his laziness in writing here were, were notorious, up to the point where Wu ringleader RZA would actually kick him out of the studio. Add that to his apparent inability to hold interview by, by himself, and you've got signs of another Capadonna type, which isn't far off considering Cap was the only one who mentored him into rhyming in the mid-80s. I shudder to think how bad shit can get with Goldie, where he has to be left to his own devices unchecked. I assume Goldie, that's a, a nickname for, for you, God. Um, look, man, I didn't like this album. It's not a good album. It's, it's poor. It's rough, uh, I just think. And I actually, it's so Very funny. Rough, yeah. It's so funny you mentioned Liquid Swords because I literally wrote here, if we look at Jizza, for example, and the whole concept of the Liquid Sword, we can extrapolate that out into Meth, Ghost, Raekwon, Deck, but not really you, God. And, you know, this album is a bit of an anomaly in the Wu-Tang solo arc of the 90s in that it's it's not great. It's not a great record. And, um, yeah, I, I didn't enjoy this one very much, unfortunately. 
Okay, well, uh, it doesn't get any better with uh, Mr. Excitement, uh, which comes six years later. Um, it ran in the middle of 2000s was fucking weird. Um, really, that's, it, this is a genuine uh, 2000s is fucking weird uh, kind of uh, album right here. Um, this is, I find this worse, um, <laughs> to be honest, uh, than, uh, th- than the, the, the Golden Arms. <clears throat> And I kind of want to. Um, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna. I'm gonna say it. I want to do. I. I, I don't. I know. I don't expect Ben to do this, but I. I. I'm on a. I'm on a mission right now. Honestly, I feel like I'm on a mission because you know I've had this. Com- we've had this conversation before. I've had this conversation with a couple of people, but I want to just make a. I want to be making statements so fr- from from now on when we do these retrospectives, right? I want to make the case that 95 percent of male rappers that we all listen to are very shit at doing sex bars, love bars, whatever you want to call it, but especially sex bars. They can't all be gunner, can they? They're not all gunners. <laughs> can't all be gunner. Um, and that retrospect will never fucking happen. But um, <laughs> yeah. So let's get into Bump. Firstly, Where, and firstly, ain't even... Bump. Come on now. What, what are we? It's just off rip, the song bro, title. Bro, are we talking you, about the, an STD the, the hook, or like what? The hook... The hook, reading the hook reminds me of the BEP episode, um, which Ben has conveniently, some re- for some reason, has yeah. uh, put on YouTube. No, it's off um, YouTube. Like, we did the, I, we I have no idea chip, why. Oh, we had oh the yeah. Chipmunk vocals. Yeah, it sounded, yeah. Yeah, 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 the chairman vocals, unfortunately, that was on Ben's side. But um, yeah, he's going to post it oh, on back YouTube. Um, yeah, it'll, it'll be back, um, you know, just give it a minute. Um, but yeah. Let me. I, I forget. I forget what the. Um, I forget what it sounded like on the track. But just reading it is funny. Like the hook, bump, bump your body, body, bump your body, body, bump your body, b, bump, bump your body, body. <laughs> it's just it's hilarious to read. But anyway, let's get. Into, I want to get into this. Um, this this quick verse because there's only two verses and they're not even that long, right? It's, but it, 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 they, it, he packs in a lot. <clears throat> All that I know is I rock and roll. Do you tell I got hella fired breath control? Let it go, get bowl, strip clothes, slip slow down to the poles, dip low, get dough. We're, we're gonna get there, guys. Gentlemen, you think you think you think we're started? We're just getting into it. Dip low, get dough. Let put these dollars between your legs. Bounce off the walls. Careful on my balls, cause they are fragile as eggs. Got rhymes for days. Heat waves. That's what you want. I am that kid with the golden arms in the all-black Saint Laurent's. He bowls, he floors on these broads. Miss, put on your lip gloss. So much junk in your trunk, a monster dump. Keep breaking my stick on. Oh, I, I. <laughs> His balls are fragile yeah. as eggs, apparently. Eggs, yeah. I mean, yeah. that's so, not really that. Th- that's not how. Yeah. Anyway, no, that's not anatomically. Yeah. Accurate, but all right. <laughs> oh, let's not get into that. Let's not, let's go. Let's not get factual. But um, yeah, it's just um, it's crazy. Um, you know, production kind of just like goes by the wayside for me. I I, I practically I listened to this a few a couple of days ago. I generally don't remember the beats at all. They kind of went by to me. Um, you know, MC8 um on Get Down was really cool. Um, I will say I do like the Ebony Burke uh, songs a long time ago and Stop Carry On, um, which. Brought, which brought Bump right after that, which is kind of why I remember it so much, because it was just like, oh, right, we're getting somewhere. And then it was just like, oh, okay, let's do that then. Um, but yeah, 
yeah, it, I just Mister Excitement. Funny, so so ironic his name Mister Excitement because it does not excite me at all. So, <laughs> but fuck man, that's a that's a worthy punchline, I guess, for the for the episode. But yeah, I don't know. Look, man, it's just not six year wait. Um, we got that interminable You Godzilla presents, which is best left alone in the interim. Um. You know, Ugod was out in the cold by this stage. Riza had his Wu-Tang Killer Bees. They had affiliates, protégés, a whole universe they were constructing. Ghost, Ray, Meth were the main artists. And we got zero production from Riza on here. Fourth Disciple produces one track, the only Wu-Tang con- contribution to the whole album. Ugod even doesn't consider this to be an official album. I think it's better than his debut. I think he sounds a little bit more invigorated, just. Um, you know, his decent features, MC8, pretty amazing, but... Yeah, I don't know, like, it's just not, it's not for me, eh, it's just not for me, this one, um, yeah, no, I'd have to, like, I don't really see much of an audience for this, if we backtrack to the AZ episode, I'd have to hear someone explain to me why they'd prefer to listen to a You Got album from the mid-2000s over the AZ album, for example, but, you know, these days we consume, but, say? You said that. No, I'm just saying, like, if if someone was listening to You Got, I'd have to hear an explanation, because, like... You know, oh, okay. and that's the thing. Like in the in the early mid two thousands, we had to buy our albums. That's the other side of it. Yeah, you gotta, yeah, yeah, you gotta yeah, remember yeah, that yeah. it's not on Spotify. You can't mm-hmm. just pop in and out and and go on YouTube mm-hmm. and check it out. We had to go to the store and pay seventeen dollars for it. So, yeah, I'm not mm-hmm. I'm not sure, man. I this, this is a tough listen again. And then we get Dopium. Now I will say it actually gets a bit better here. Gradually, it gets better. Um, so shout out to uh, can can you can you for from now on just uh, when I mention uh, if I say jackpot, you need to say Scotty Scotty Wotty because uh, I find it funny when yeah I find it funny when Australians would say that Scotty Scotty Wotty Scotty Wotty Scotty Wotty Scotty Wotty True Blue he's he's True Blue Scotty Wotty True Blue Scotty Wotty <laughs> It's 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 there's a there's a side note there's a there's a there's a there's a there's a, there's a bit in American Dad where like um Roger says maybe baby and uh he just gets and everyone everyone in the store just says maybe baby it's just just one of my favorite things ever it's just Americans going maybe baby maybe baby maybe baby maybe baby and that's what Scotty Whitey reminds me of Scotty Whitey um I just have to say it twice Scotty Whitey um so yeah. Shout out to Scotty Wai, um, because he actually comes through as a you know genuine Wu Tang affiliate, I would say, um, one of the, one of the lesser known ones, I feel. Um, obviously Capadonna being the main one, but uh, you know, um, I see is Capadonna the main one? Is he an actual member? Yeah, Cap- are we actually good? are we doing Cap- are we doing Capadonna? Of course, Capadonna is the tenth member. Yeah, 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 tenth, yeah, the tenth one. I mean, not not original member, but he he's a member. Like yeah, you know, when yeah, we talk about not, Red yeah, Man, he's not an original. Like go. someone said, yeah, Red yeah, Man yeah. was part of Wu, and Rizzo was like, mm, he he's he's a right. cousin, but yep. he's not yep. 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 a sibling, and so Cap would be a sibling. Okay. Yeah. Oh, glad we're doing these, eh? Because boy, it, it gets it can get hard to get lost in. in the I told weeks, you, man. I told um, so, you yeah. this is a fucking this is a marathon, not a sprint. It's a marathon, it's, not a sprint. It's a marathon. Yeah, we'll get we'll, we'll get we're getting there, ladies and gentlemen. We need to trip up now and again. Um, but yeah, I do not mind this album. Um, his most it has one of the most his, his most popular tracks with Wu Tang uh, featuring Method Man, very solid track. Um, you got Coke uh, with Raekwon slain and Why Not the Best. Uh, amazing name. 
stomped a roach with uh and Scotty Waddy, Scotty Waddy. Um the first, honestly the first like five, six tracks actually. Um I don't like the hook to Magnum Force, but I do like Jim Jones and Cheek on there. Um but yeah, solid features and I feel like you got hold his own on most on, on all of them. Um take out the feet can take out the remixes at the bottom. Um, you know, you have a solid eleven tracks. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't mind this album. It's not, it's not, it's not too bad. Uh, so you know, it's, it's, it's definitely his best album to, at this point uh, so far. Fuck, I never know when you're gonna stop. So I, last week, just on the <laughs> behind the scenes, last week I apparently I mean, we've kept... done hundred and something of these, so you I know, know. Like, keep up. But... No, last week uh, I kept banging my mic when I was not on mic, and I kept forgetting to mute it. So this week I've been very conscious of muting, but <laughs> oh, I haven't right, been okay. conscious yeah, of yeah, unmuting. Yeah. So I have to obviously. It's a, it's, a, it's a it's an art. It's an art. It's an art form that I'm not. I'm not. Yeah. Anyway, it's an art. Look, I thought Dopium was really good. I actually not really good. I like I the think, name as well. Yeah, good name for an album. It's a, it's just a good record. Like I'm not saying it's great, but you know, there's um Ghostface, Capadonna, Killer Priest. Yeah, yeah. none of these, none of these are, none of these are album of the year contenders. All right, let's just, let's no, just, of course, you know, get out of the way. None not, of these are album. It's not bad, man. Jim Jones, Sheik Luch. In context, large, this is his best. Large pro on production. Um, oh, large professor. Yeah, oh, that was good. Though. Yeah, That's man. Good uh God okay. is love, beautiful, mournful beat, early two thousands, Rockefeller, just blaze type beat. Um, Storm the Roach, Jesus slides through with a stunning performance. Magnum Force is menacing. I thought this was a good record. Uh, I think the, gla- the golfing class is is shown um, in the aptly titled Wu Tang Method Man raps. Thank God it's Friday. It's just me and my chick cruising the highway. She twisted my piff. You see, I'm living proof that crime pay the type that go at a bitch, the type to shoot the gift and blow every clip. I just know money like the back of my hand. You get the back of my hand just like a fiend who took a package and ran. Like, that he just Bang. slides effortlessly into top-tier lyricism, and it's mm-hmm. not even mm-hmm. his A material. That's meth. And, mm-hmm. you know, I bet you just rep, rap that in, in Method Man's voice. Like, you know, you, you heard it in Meth's voice. So it's, that's the thing, man. And um, there's a bloody Beatrice remix on this album. <laughs> That's a fucking 2000. When I saw that, I'm like, we love the bloody Beatrice? Like, the bloody Beatrice? Oh, man. If you don't know who the bloody Beatrice is, man, fuck. You need to go listen to bloody Beatrice. But, yeah, I thought this is a good record. Um, You guys did an interview in the barbershop for this record, and I can barely hear a thing he says in the whole interview. Uh, he's driving around... He's getting his hair cut. He gets a ticket from a parking officer. Then he goes bananas about people who buy brand new Range Rovers, saying that he's tired of being a slave to his bills. Then he rants about paying his taxes on time and fiscal responsibility. He says he's an average person at the moment, so he's driving an average car. Um, interesting. Very interesting. Uh, I found it ironic he's ranting about this whilst promoting the solo album that has the most Wu-Tang contribution of his entire career. You know, Ghost and Ray were going wild at the time with the luxury rap, and at the end, as an afterthought, he just drops the dopium release date, and he just says, "I'm back, cocksuckers, eat a dick, all you hating ass motherfuckers out there, all you motherfuckers trying to get me locked up, kiss my ass," and that was his promotion for <laughs> dopium. Bro, this guy—that's what I mean. I love this guy. He's just so super liminal like you know that simpsons episode where they're, they're yvonne et niage and they're talking about the the way that you get people to to join the navy is like there's subliminal and then there's liminal and then there's super liminal and they're like what's super liminal and he yells <laughs> out the window he's like hey yeah. you join the navy and then this that's you god man he just 
it's just fucking super liminal and uh i fucking love it man yeah that's funny um so yeah get to the keynote speaker um that's uh 2013 and uh i think this is again his best album to date um uh, unlike the, I, I think the the USP of this one, and why I prefer this to any uh, to all the other uh, You Got albums, which includes Venom, which we're going to get to. Um, firstly, fun album cover. Really love the album cover. Um, I mean, th- there's the original one, and then there's a gold one, which is uh, alternative, and that comes on the Spotify. And I really like that one because it's, it's just it's just it's just good stuff to look at. Um, you know, it says a. Uh, Ruckus, it's like dials, and one of them says ruckus, you know, up to the max, and then killer bees, and it goes up to swarm. It's 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 fun to look at. Um, but yeah, I really enjoy the the um the the uh, the radio, <laughs> the radio motif that um you know the weekend invented last week. Um, I really enjoy that. Uh, that comes up now and again. So U G O D. Um, shout out to Vivian Scarlet on that one. Um, she only comes in twice, which I feel like um, she could have been in there more, but that's just me. Um, but yeah, past that, solid tracks, you know, Fame with Stars, P, um, Heater, Heads Up with Scotty Waddy, um, and uh, Jizza. But even that, uh, even with that said, like, uh, and I keep, I feel like I'm keep mentioning tracks that you know have features in them, um, which, but you know, there's Skyscraper and Heavyweight, uh, which is on his own. I like those tracks. Stars is not great. Horrible track. Um, uh, honestly, from stars to golden arms and rooms keep spinning. Uh, those tracks are just not great um, lyrically. Uh, but he does get better um, at the end. Mount Everest, which I'm going to read some lyrics to. I, I like that. Uh, his last verse on that. Um, and Journey, we call Keith. Transform, really like that one. Zilla, that's good as well. Uh, but yeah, let me let me get to Mount Everest because um, you know you have Inspector Deck on verse one, Elza on verse two. And then Ugod comes in cleanup, and you know he kind of takes. He, 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 I think he rinses. I think he does. I think he rinses a bit. Um, he does have more bars than the rest of than them, so you can say that you know kind of just helps his case on that front. But um, regardless, bro, some good bars in here. Let me get into this a little bit. Uh, I want leverage, ice cold beverage, uh, money I can't count. I blacked out standing on Mount Everest. Bar. Uh, life lessons. The cover of Essence is pure excellence. Five ten. Write down my measurements. Politic, the deficit. Fingerprints, no evidence. Cocaine, caviar, hitting on receptionists. Hanging, hang with the specialist. Gold medalist. Presidential cred. Eating steaks, that's tenderest. Got my bread. Catch me in Megan Fox's bed. <laughs> Cash crop, Gucci iPad bag. Tall black. Uh, that, 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 oh, I just want to stop. That that Megan Fox line has like that's aged so comically considering he uh, she just uh, did the the engaged to a uh, machine gun kelly so that's just funny to think about um tall black top nikes uh, with fat laces riches from rags caches and dime faces got promoted up friends up in higher places next move my best move chest move the strategy closet full of gun sun nothing but gadgetry get off that bullshit that hip-hop factory okay did forgot that was there uh i'm hybrid <laughs> I'm hybrid nigger words defy gravity clothes never raggedy oil paintings of me displayed up in the gallery capture me Wu-Tang forever immortality high salary blessing from another from a mother named Valerie and my two sons named after me racks from stacks swiftly I'm browsing first class ticket to the moon only cost 50,000 okay we need to get like uh we need to get the numbers on how much an actual 
ticket to the ticket to space costs uh, now that we actually are doing that. That'd be kind of funny if you actually got 50,000 on the dot. Uh, niggas be doubting this understood and rolling with goons. One of a kind imported goods. Killer the, killer the hood. Uh, consume me, Lord. The last time I checked, I got 50 points on the board. Good Lord. There's just some there's, there's some real good shit on here, right? Um, uh, Overall, I feel like um, this is probably his best album um, by a solid margin. Um, and uh, yeah, I, th- I, I think partly... Honestly, I think the main point of it is just because of how he gets at the tracks with the features. I feel like he really holds his own, especially on this particular album, with someone like Inspector Deck and Elzai, Styles P on Fame. Like I said, he really does hold his own. And that's probably the first time out of all these albums so far that he actually does that, where I'm just like, not mentioning it because of the features, I'm mentioning it because I feel like you got actually... Um, does his thing on those particular tracks and uh, you know makes it's his album so he should be taken over on that from yeah I mean a ticket to the moon probably costs you about 20 to 30 billion according to NASA so touch off it's a bit much touch off it's with the bit, math yeah, there but touch off yes. look man this, this album's a one this album is a one this is the one this is a fucking one Jizz and Meth Styles P Spectre Deck Elzai Cool Keith Rizzo got back on three tracks this is the one they tried to push. Um, look, I think it's good. I thought that Dopium was way better than this, but in 2013, this is a bit of a revelation. Listening to it retrospectively, you know, because we're going through a retrospective. Like, you got to remember, I've got, I have to remember, and people at home have to remember that we're listening to these albums in 2022 retrospectively, back to back to back to back to back. And yeah, we've listened to a lot of 90s music and we've listened to a lot of 2000s music, but we weren't listening to it when it dropped. And I know that if I listened to this in 2013 when it dropped, I would have thought this is fucking fire because there wasn't a lot of music out there that I was listening to at the time similar to this. So it's it's all time period as well. You know, it's 99, this album drops, it's a different different conversation, but it's good. It's really good. I think that, um, yeah, it's a little bit of a regression, I think, from Dopium. But I do think that it's okay. it's solid. I think it's really solid, especially in, in 2013. Um, and you think about it like, you know, the timelines of his albums are 99, 2005, 2009, 2013. Yeah, big gaps. Big gaps. Big gaps. And in 2013, if you're a Wu fanatic, you were probably going a bit bananas because in 2012, we got Wu Block with Ghost and Styles P, which is Ghost and Ghost. 2011, we got Ray and Cappadonna. <laughs> I just realized that. Yeah. yeah, I know. I never thought about that, but um, yeah, I just. Ghost ghost, yeah. But not since 2002 had we gotten less than three Woo albums a year, right? And the market was fl- not flooded with Woo albums at that time, and it had been flooded previously. In 2013, we got music from Deck, Cappadonna, Ghostface, and You God, and You God dropped the last one of those. And um, yeah, I think it would have. I think that just would have been exciting at the time. I I do, I do think so. I wasn't tapped in, but um, it's good, man. It's it's a good record. I think lyrically, he's really good on this record. Lyrically, I think this is his best, one of his best performances. I think it's it's, it's solid. Mm, definitely. Um, yeah. So he uh, finishes up with the uh, Venom of uh, twenty eighteen. Um, and yeah. Um, I think it's. I think it's pretty solid, actually. Um. I like the last track, Wisdom, personally. Um, it's kind of, excuse me, it's kind of like, um, I guess, I mean, the first lines are like, my firstborn son, I call you my number one son, which is kind of interesting considering he had, I swear he had more than, more than one. Um, but yeah, it kind of like goes into, 
it kind of like goes into a um kind of like a, a look mum look where I've look where I've uh, you know where I've, where I'm at right now um I like I like it's very introspective and I I, I appreciate that and I know I realize uh, I respect I respect uh, seeing that um but yeah past that you know uh, you got triple x with method man which is actually kind of a very comical uh, uh track um about like a woman uh kind of like a uh just stalking you know jealous x kind of kind of vibes it's it's, it's kind of it's, it's a bit tongue-in-cheek I, I don't mind it um and uh, method man and uh, you got to have good chemistry on that front uh past that um I mean, I mean, first, good a bit a big note is that there's not many features on it, um, compared to the others uh, for sure. Um, I don't I don't think there's as uh, as many. Um, you still still have the you know couple of Scotty Whites, uh, but you know Epicenter with Inspector Dick and Raekwon as well as Scotty White. Um, that's kind of like a I guess they're supposed to be the highlight track, right? Sure. Um, that's the second single apparently off the off the album. Um, and uh, all. Well, logical logical reasoning of why why they do why why do that. Um, some some good uh, some bars all around on that front. Everyone does a <clears throat> everyone does a good performance on that one. But yeah, there's a lot of a uh, you know solo solo you god. I think it's the, probably the most solo you god uh, next to his uh probably next to his first album. Uh, well uh, yeah, next to his first album. I think his first album has uh, less. But yeah. It's, it's 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 solid. I don't mind it. It's um not it's not the it's not better than keynote speaker for me personally. But um yes, yeah, it's, it's solid. Yeah, five years five years after that that, that his last record, man, he's he's not flooding the market. And what I do like about yeah, you, God, he was always trying to set up his own label situation separate from Wu, and he hasn't really managed it. But he has collated a bunch of talented MCs, and Scotty Waddy is someone you will see littered all over his releases, as Charlie said, and he said this. He said, I can't speak for everyone in the crew, but I know Scotty was like the first dude in my hood that was a rhymer. He had the first tapes that were being heard in my hood. He inspired us. Me, Ray, Capadonna. He was like our mentor. He and Genius used to write. Now, the important part of this record is Raw, which is you guys' autobiography. Um, you know, I dare say I summed up this episode in the intro. But Raw is a brilliant book, and you guys said he was inspired by people around him gassing his stories up to the max, telling him how funny he was, how these stories need to be told. How funny, but how intense they were, you know, how pained they were. And Raw, from what I'd read, which I'd wager is about 50%, um, is Raw as fuck. It's a great book. It's very aptly titled. You know, I've read a lot of books by musicians. Prodigy, Ja Rule, Lil Wayne, Scarface, Jay-Z, Questlove, Motley Crue. Ja Rule? I read Ja Rule's book, man. Unru- this Unruly Mess, I think it's called. I read Ja Rule's book. Bro, I love Ja Rule. I fucking love Ja Rule. Okay, right. Shit is, you know, I if I don't like Eminem, I've got to love Ja Rule, right? <laughs> Isn't that the whole thing? So that was a whole thing mm-hmm. back in the 2000s. Um, okay. Look, man, I, I've read Keith Richards, Anthony Kiedis, Motley Crue. I've read Neil Young's terrible book. Terrible book. Um, ja Rule and Lil Wayne's books were trash. They were really bad. I wouldn't bother reading them. Scarfaces was stunning. Prodigies was staggering in its scope. You know, Jay Z's book obviously was like catnip to me. I was just like, it was like, I was, it was a drug to me. Um, you God's book is very good, and it's exactly as he says. He has veracity matched with raw honesty. He has that entertainer's flair that he and Meth perfected on street corners in the eighties. Raw is everything you would have expected you God to be as an MC. That's the thing. Raw is what I expected him to be as an MC. 
maybe he just didn't have that technical ability or or the nuance or the the art of actual lyrical performance his written word is expressive it transports you directly into the moment he's retelling it's dark it's harrowing but it's instructive you know it reminds me a bit of top boy and i know i reference top boy a lot but it's very difficult to toe the line between educational entertaining and something that will elicit empathy in those that are capable of it and you got is exactly as he is in interviews but eloquent and 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 raw i keep saying raw but he is um and you know i don't really like his solo discography but i have no intention of going back over it but i look i do feel there are plenty of new york mcs worth your time in that regard you know lloyd banks jim joe it's a, it's a flooded market right chic luch styles p jules Memphis mm-hmm. Bleak, Nori, Prodigy, Papoose, the lyrical one, Saigon. It doesn't mean that You Got is a bad MC or unworthy. You know, people say he's the least loved member of Wu. It's not a criticism. I think it's just an observation. And it feels like he was mistreated by the Wu. Like when his son had that incident, he said he felt unloved and uncared for and even mocked. And he was hypercritical of RZA discarding him, Deck, and Master Killer. Meth seemed to be the one who stuck by him. And remember... Meth was the one person ODB said visited him in prison. And Meth is emerging as one of the key stories of this odyssey that we're on at the moment. So look, man, I think that You Got is, is an interesting character. And um, I think his book is probably what we probably wanted his solo rap career to be. I think he's very talented. It's, he's the least loved. You know, I think it's, it's just an observation. It's, it's not a criticism. That's no, a solid observation. And... Uh... I'm fine to believe it there, to be honest. I think it's a very good sum up uh, overall. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Okay. Which I finished there. And uh, hop into a light note if you have one, Ben. Bro, keep your dogs on the lead, man. Come on now. What are we doing out here? <sighs> just sitting in the park yesterday. Lovely Sunday afternoon. Hanging out with my partner. Just having a nice chat. Beautiful in Sydney Harbour. And then these two dogs just come and just dump directly at our faces. <laughs> and she's like, oh, ha, 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 ha. Sorry about that. He just, they just love people. I'm like, well, sometimes people don't love dogs. So put them on their fucking leash. It's a leash dog, but it's not a dog park. It's, it's... Regar- regardless if it's a leash or not, they're going to still take a dump. What's the difference? No, no, no. Jump, not dump. Jump. Oh, jump. They can oh, do right. it. They can oh. go to the bathroom. That's cool. Hey, you got to pick it up. But hey, like, no, we're sitting there and the dog's just jumping directly. One of them hit me directly <laughs> in the face, full on face to face smash. And bro, it's it sounds funny, and it is if you were observing it. But it is so annoying. It's so annoying. We were having such a good chat, and it was so calm, and it was. And then these two chaos merchants come in, and I do have a real problem. Look, if you're a dog owner out there, I know you love your dog. I know you love your dog, but not everyone loves your dog as much as you love your dog, and that's okay. Some of us don't like dogs. That's okay too. Some of us like cats. Some of us like rabbits. Some of us like other pets. We don't have to like dogs. Not everyone has to like dogs. It doesn't mean you're a psychopath. It doesn't mean you're a weirdo. Like, put your dog on a fucking leash if you can't control it. It's so simple. You know, one day, actually, it was right when lockdown ended for us. And I was with my friends and their baby. And he was just, you know, we just at a park, just a regular park. It wasn't an off-leash park. It was a normal public park. And he was just, the baby was just off to the side a little bit. I was watching him and I was ready if anything happened, as you have to be when you're in charge of a baby. And this dog just came out of nowhere and just bounded straight up to him. And I swooped in like fucking rapier-like and plucked 
the baby from the ground into the sky and and this dog was just like and then the owner run jogs up didn't run up jogged up oh sorry he likes babies I'm like, fam, he's bigger than the baby. Put it on a fucking leash. It's a baby. Like, are you fucking crazy? And I came very close to losing my shit that day, but I didn't. And um, just put your dogs on a leash, man. Come on now. What are we doing here? Be, be civilized okay, about this, this, this shit, man. This 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 question is gonna make or break this whole episode. Okay. How the dog that the dog that hopped on hopped on you smashed you in your face. How big how big was it? I have medium size. Do you know the breed? I, oh, I, don't, I don't assume you know the breed. I don't but. fucking know breeds, man. I don't know anything about dogs. I don't know the breed, but it wasn't. It wasn't medium a Chihuahua. Size. It wasn't a. It wasn't a Corgi. Let's put it that way. It was mid. It was mid range. <laughs> you know, I feel like top range is it's like Pitbull. Highest Pitbull. Highest is Greyhound, right? And and we're not going to go into the the ones what? above the Great Danes and stuff, but like. If you've yeah, got a greyhound, right. keep that thing on a leash. And and every greyhound owner I've ever known has. Like, they know very well. So, that, so small, smaller than a greyhound? Yeah, smaller than a greyhound. Greyhound's massive, right? It's okay. just a big, strong... A I bit, mean, I mean, bit smaller than a staffy. I mean, a little bit smaller than a staffy. <coughs> no, there's no... I'll reserve judgment. Bro, it could be a, it could be a chihuahua. Not cool. It could be stocky. It could be, it could have been stocky. So I don't want to. No. I don't want to outright throw you, throw your opinion in the bin. No, my um, opinion doesn't go in the stocky. bin. I have the right to sit at a public park and not get fucking tackled in the face by a random animal. There's no yeah, opinion but, in the but, bin, Charlie. It's like if another human if comes a, up and just tackles a, you for no reason. Well, was it a big human? Yeah, exactly. If it was, were they was cute? It, what, yeah, bro. If it was, if it was Peter Dinklage, like we'd be roasting you, bro. Like I'm, so, you know what I mean. Like, <laughs> no, you wouldn't. Still not cool. It doesn't if it matter. was Warwick Davis, I'd be just like, "What the fuck are you talking about, bro?" So you know, I feel like size matters. No, it doesn't. I, I, Charlie, I'm being glib, but I know you talking. Don't the myth that size matters. Gosh, what do you know? <laughs> I mean, bro, if a chihuahua came at you, the difference between a chihuahua and like you know a fucking German Shepherd like bashing in the face, I feel like is you know prevalent in this conversation. It's prevalent. I'm just, I'm just saying, like you have it if if it, if if. It, you know, I agree with your overall point, right? That you know, you should if you don't have relative control of your dogs, like, and they do random shit like that. Because sometimes my dog, you know, uh, 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 kind of gets a bit ahead of himself and like, you know, assumes everyone wants to play with him, so he just plants the ball like right on their feet, or sometimes jumps on the bench next to them and plants it right next to their leg. Right? Sometimes he gets, he sometimes he gets like he just assumes everyone wants to play with him. It's like no, no, bro, not everyone wants to play with you. But like you know, if a if a if a chihuahua jumps in your, jumps on your leg, and a German Shepherd jumps on your leg, I feel like there's some there's some you know there's some there's some of course there's some wiggle room here. Of you know course. what I'm saying? Like, I mean, it wasn't a chihuahua. So I'm trying to gauge. It wasn't a chihuahua. Okay. It was, okay. It, was right. it was a dog right. that had enough propulsion and enough strength to jump directly <laughs> at my face from probably about two meters away. It launched itself at my oh. head. And luckily, I am quite quick. So, yeah, I got a glancing blow as I turned my head. Glancing face-to-face blow. But it was, you know, look, if it's a chihuahua, I understand. It's a tiny little dog. It's like a cat. Yeah. I still think you should have it on on a leash, and I still think it's uncool. But, like, anything that can launch itself at your face, no. 
Uh, no, 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 no. It ruined. It didn't ruin my day, not at all. But like, it was, it was pretty annoying. And I'm such a people pleaser, eh? Like, I'm so bad. She was like, "Oh, I'm, I'm really sorry," and I'm like, "That's okay, no worries." And my <laughs> partner was, my partner was like, oh. "No, don't, don't do that," because like that just encourages you'll f- them. You'll fit right. You'll fit right in here. Going, oh, sorry, sorry. I know. I'd, I'd be yeah, very. Child's playing. Oh, sorry. Very English, but um. Very British of you. Nah, fuck that, man. Okay. And on that note, <laughs> oh, ladies and gentlemen, from the Fifth Head Podcast Network. Where, where are you going to get these conversations? I love it. I'm going to get cancelled, man. I told everyone I hated Eminem and dogs. I'm gone, skis. <laughs> I'm out. This has been the final episode of the Indigenous Hope Joyce episodes. I would try to say on the fifth element. Imagine if our last episode was a fucking you got. Imagine that. that's amazing. <laughs> that would be that genuinely would be digging in the digits, right? That would just be that would be digging. Oh, it's in the most un- 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 anticlimactic ending to anything. Like. Oh god, yeah. I've been uh, Ben Carter of hip hop numbers. We hope you all have a good week. We shall always, always try and do the same. But until the next time. Leech your dogs, apparently. Take it easy, ladies and gentlemen. All right, peace. Digging in Digits is produced by me and Ben Carter. The show is edited by me. Music for the show. It's a piece of video games by bonus points. There's a jailbreak for a bid to use. Socials for Fifth Element, Hip Hop by Numbers, bonus points, and your records will be in the full show notes for every listening. This has been a Fifth Element podcast, Sarah Production. Thanks for spending time with us. We shall see you next time. Dig in in the digits.